This episode contains subject matter that may be upsetting for some listeners. Trigger warnings, including timestamps, are located in the description below. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. I was just sitting in my car listening to the mariachi station, and I just, like, that music is so joyful. It just sounds peppy, and it makes me feel better. It is. And so I, I played it. But I'm also like sobbing, like oh full God. sobbing. And one of my neighbors <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh. came out to her car, which was parked next to mine, looked at me, assessed the situation, gave me a dirty ass look, and then got in her car and drove away. Fuck and you, lady. to me, I thought it was the funniest thing. Like, can you, it's like straight God. out of a movie. Can you imagine? Yes. Can you imagine? God, just sobbing to like. Mariachi music. Yeah, like crying. Yes, although they do play uh there are people there are uh times when Mariachi is played at funerals. Oh, I didn't know that. You had me at Hell no. Hello and welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Mel. I'm Allie. And thank you for joining us on our podcast. For those returning or listening for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you here for our podcast where we talk about romance movies, specifically rom-coms, but also romance, and just dig into the ins and outs of the genre and why, as women, we love a genre that hates us. Yeah, we... uh it's a genre that we uh, have a love-hate relationship with because uh, we don't typically watch those types of movies to kind of relax. Um, Melanie, what do you like to watch? I watch horror. Love a spooky movie. Um, recently, I decided to rewatch Seed of Chucky um, just for fun and also because Billy Boyd, a.k.a. Pippin from the Lord of the Rings films, uh, <sighs> is the voice of... Glenn. I don't who know who is. that is. Uh, that's the name. I think that's the name of uh, Chucky and um, Jennifer Tilly's dolls. That's so, their That's their kid. I don't like. I, I, I'm happy it's, you found a movie like it's a full. It's weird. It's, it's, a, it's no a weird for me. one. It's a it's very upsetting to me. I'm glad they all got a check. It's a no. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. To turn my brain off, we'll often watch, uh, like, a silly action movie. Love a heist. Uh, although, I did watch, um, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but I watched Gamer. Is that the, is that the Jason Statham one? No, it's the Gerard Butler one. No, the same guys who did Okay, that. the same guys who did Crank to Gamer. And, um... Oh, no. It is kind of a mess. It's like... I'll, I'll say, I, I, I hate to say it's, but I think it's like intention. It's it's hard because with the movie that like the movies that these guys make, you're like, well, I think they, this is probably exactly what they wanted to make. Um, uh-huh. I, <laughs> you know who absolutely was phenomenal in it, Michael who? C. Hall. Really. I, I love Michael C. Hall. I love him. He's wow. great in it. It's also like, oh, he knows what movie he's in. Um, don't you love that when like clearly there's just absolute chaos going around the cast and there's one actor who like knows exactly what's going on right but although i will say it did feel i I can't even say like oh he knows what movie he's in because it did kind of feel like oh i feel like everyone else also seems to know like it's hard to say like oh what a crazy movie when like it's a neville dean taylor movie so like they intentionally are like what if we made something very fucked up (laughs) Yeah, they I also did Crank. Fair. They did Crank uh, is wild. I don't even crazy. remember half of Crank. Yeah, because you did it. You were like, "I'm gonna do a drinking I game." I got cranked. But yeah, what you, were like, you were like, "I'm doing a drinking game by myself." And I said, "Okay." And then you went, "I'm ordering Chinese food." And I said, "Okay." And you went, "I'm gonna do it." And I was like, "No one is arguing with you <laughs> about this." You know, for two people who say that we don't like romance, we 
have seen a lot of romance movies. I I agree, and also we have ones that we like. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, we're not this entirely is... like haters of the genre, but there again, are a lot of things when we watch it and we're like, ah, that could be better. Like I said, it's a love hate relationship. Um, today we're talking about a movie, uh, that uh called Crazy Stupid Love. That's right. I honestly I forgot what movie we did because I was trying to forget because I hated it. Melanie really hated right out this the movie. gate, coming in hot. Hot coming in hot. I had only seen this once before and I think what had happened is that I mostly remembered the like gosling Emma Stone part and was like, Oh, that's a cute movie. And then we watched this movie, and I was like, what? Oh, okay. Can we give a shout-out? I think we should give a shout-out to our uh, 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 listener named Amy. Loyal listener Amy. Hey, Amy! Because she messaged me when we were, like, posting how we were going to watch this movie. And her summation of it is, I think, entirely correct. And I asked if we could quote her, but I agree. And it's, um, the movie is, okay, everyone in it is so talented, and then... No one learns anything, and their lives are toxic. And yes. that is correct. This is a cast that is phenomenal. Like, this movie would be much more frustrating if it didn't have this cast. It's well done, but the story and, like, the... Like, no one really learns anything. No, um, and despite Ryan Gosling, the cast is great. I loved Ryan Gosling. Okay, this is something I found out, listeners, in the record, not the recording, in the watching of this film, is that Melanie does not care for Ryan Gosling. This is a real point of contention between us, but, like, I gotta tell you, I don't trust that motherfucker like the way you feel about bradley cooper is the way i feel about ryan gosling that shocked me that shocked me i don't care for him i don't think i mean listen i'm sure he works very hard i know there are a lot of people who think that he's a really good performer and actor i disagree um and like not saying he's a bad person i just look at him and i'm like oh no thank you and i can't really explain it it's a gut instinct it's kind of like emma stone too i don't think she's necessarily a bad actor but i don't understand why everyone's like horny for her oh i i like both of them i will say i didn't see la la land because i didn't really want to watch la la land i just don't i don't have an I didn't I don't, care for La La Land It's not either. for me. And, I, yeah, but well, I haven't is, seen we, it. I haven't seen it. And I, I feel nervous saying it because we have a dear friend who like truly loved that movie. Um, so we I, do. But also, yeah. like we're allowed to not like it. And yeah. like I, my personal opinion about that film, and we'll, we may end up doing it someday too, so I won't reveal Boy. too much. But I am like an old school musical lover and I'm all for reinventing the musical. Um, I don't think La La Land did that successfully. And I think that if they had recast their two leads, it would have been a much more successful film. I um, I haven't seen it. I'm okay. I think I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, there's no denying, though, that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone have chemistry and they I do think I do chemistry. think it worked well in this movie. Like you like you said and like Amy said too. I 100% agree with Amy that this cast is A+. Plus. This movie is trash. Yeah. I this movie made me I this movie kind of bugged me for that reason like no one learns anything. It's written by the same guy who does This Is Us, so it had that kind of feeling of like a, a real reach or a real um, attempt to like dig into some kind of something emotional, but still it feels very shallow in a lot of ways. Like uh, without this cast, I don't know that it, I would feel um, anything. Okay. Well, yeah, without we get into this that? cast, the movie wouldn't work, but you're right. We should get into it. There are three, basically three competing storylines in this film. And the first one is that Steve Carell and Julianne Moore were high school sweethearts, and they've been married for a long time. Uh, they're out for a date, and Julianne Moore asks for a divorce, says she slept with someone else, and basically the whole rest of the movie is them dealing with the fallout of that decision and him moving out of the house. Yeah. And 
in this time, he is very sad and like lives alone. He's kind of just very bitter and angry, like because he's not really dealing. But um, he Ryan Gosling he goes to this bar all the time, and Gosling is a dude who also hangs out at the bar a lot, who like picks up the ladies, and he sees. Steve Carell, and he approaches Steve Carell, and he decides to, like, take take Steve Carell under his wing and sort of give him, like, a makeover. Because the idea yeah. is that because Steve Carell has sort of been neglecting himself and not taking care of himself, that's bled into his... It's bled into a neglect of his relationship with Julianne Moore, which I do think is an interesting topic and something interesting to be explored. I don't know that it's resolved by the end of this, necessarily. Because I don't think it is. I, because I think he doesn't seem to learn much. No, uh, from and anything. we don't learn a lot about him either. Like, really all we get is that, like, he is kind of dumpy. And I, I actually would have really liked it if we explored the idea of, like, a father not taking care of himself in service of his family and then learning how to practice self-care and how to value himself and, mm-hmm. like, working on repairing his relationship with his spouse because we see that for women all the time every makeover show under the sun is like well after i had a baby i just don't have time to take care of myself because you know either like my spouse doesn't help me or i have too many kids or like i'm really busy and i think it would have been a fresh take to see a man doing that for their family but we didn't get that here really all we see is that he like wears sneakers to a nice restaurant and that he's kind of dumpy which is like okay relax <laughs> yeah i i agree mo because he doesn't really what happens in, in ryan gosling's like makeover is not necessarily like this isn't a queer eye scenario where it's no. like we see the dad be like okay i'm gonna take time to like shower and like put on this face cream or like take time to like just sit by myself and drink this tea that I like or like work out in this way that I used to before I had kids and it, it, this brought me a lot of joy like I, I it, we don't really see that from Steve Carell what happens is he gets a new wardrobe and starts fucking people and then feel still misses his wife and yeah the whole time he still misses Julianne Moore mm-hmm. and like the one time that he's successful like the first time he's successful bringing a woman home it turns out to be his 13-year-old son's teacher. Yeah. And played by Marissa played Tomei. Played by Marissa Tomei. <laughs> we said that at the same time. Oh, my God. Um, we love Marissa Tomei. I love her. Um, she's great. I Here's the thing. This role is written like a... Like, women are crazy. Um, but yeah. she does a great it, job. Um, she did. But also, I hated that character. I Because, like, like she... Like, the way that it happens... And, you know, we're skipping ahead. Spoilers. Um, but... He shows up to the parent-teacher conference for his son, and uh, Julianne Moore is there, and they're having a nice moment, and they're getting along, and then the teacher comes out, and we see, oh my god, it's her, Mm -hmm. and he never called her, and she goes full crazy. Like, call, like ha- causes a scene, calls him an asshole in front of all the other parents. Like, truly unprofessional. Like, listen, if someone breaks your heart, that sucks. I'm not saying that's not hard. But if you are, if you happen to find yourself in a situation with a conflict of interest like that, I just think she could have handled it much, much better than she did. And it's, it's this idea that, like, single women are so crazy and desperate that, like, if you cross them, they'll fuck you up. And it's yeah. really just I, I get I get that it's a comedy and that we need the, like, tension there, but it felt kind of hollow like it, it felt like oh we're going back to this it's it, it's like we're going back to like women they're crazy you yeah. fuck them one time and then they go insane my Bitches dude be crazy but also i think like you can still play it for comedy if she's kooky but i think what what missed the mark for me with her arc and i don't know if you agree with this is that the craziness that came out was in relation to a man that she had sex with. And I think maybe if she was just like a quirky weirdo before and after the fact, I think that would have made it much funnier. Yeah. I think it would be a, yeah, I think it would be a, but also a better reflection of like, it's lazy comedy. It's lazy. And it's also like, it would be also be a better reflection of like where he is in his life that he's like, Oh, I will take whatever positive validation I can get from a woman and instead, it's just like, 
Oh, I, I, like it's something I thought was kind of okay, and like in this scene where they initially hook up, is uh, actually I didn't really like that either. Um, never <laughs> yeah. mind. I didn't. Re- I think I just don't like the thing of like, oh, I love how honest you are. I think it's just I. I it felt like something I'd seen before, and it wasn't being explored in a way that I was particularly charmed by. Yeah, um, and she was she was por- portrayed as like a stage five clinger from the jump. Yeah, and, and I, I I didn't like that. Um, I'm, I'm I mean, very I've already said over that it was that. lazy, but also, like, what if, like, again, Steve Carell really shows no growth throughout this film, and like, I don't know, maybe him like having that relationship with this other woman and like realizing that he really hurt her feelings or treated her badly, um, maybe in a way that his feelings were hurt by Julianne Moore. Maybe that might be a nice way for him to grow to like realize that what he's done and own up to it, and like have a mature conversation with marissa tomei's character being like hey i you're right i didn't call you and i'm really sorry about that here's the situation you deserve better than that and i'm sorry yeah he doesn't do that instead he's like you never give up on love and it's like and he announces it to like his whole uh, his child's entire school and uh, he doesn't really apologize to anyone um, I don't necessarily think he owes Julianne more an apology. No, and, no, no. Like, I meant to. I meant to Marissa. Oh, he does owe her an apology. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't apologize to her. Um, he doesn't. He and he also doesn't. What frustrated me is that there's never a true acknowledgement of like what he needed to work on or what they both needed to work on. I I think they were trying to cover it with the like when you really love someone you don't give up which is an okay sentiment and like a nice wholesome thing and like this is a rom-com so you want to have moments like that but I think what was made it really hollow is it's like that's kind of an empty sentiment and it's sort of I feel like even in like we've watched other like sillier rom-coms I feel where it's acknowledged like what that work entails like, part of that work is her admitting, like, hey, I probably shouldn't have slept with that some person with Kevin Bacon, and I should have talked to you about it, and that's where um, we need to work on that. But also, I have felt neglected by you in this way, and he could also be like, I felt neglected by you in this way. And they, it, at no point are they actually, like, something that frustrated me was there was, like, sweet moments where, like, he goes back to their house and just to take care of the lawn. Um, but, uh, there's like a scene where she calls him and she clearly just wants to call him and hear his voice and she pretends to have a problem with the pilot light and he can see her through the window because he's at their house, which is kind of creepy. Um, a little bit. And, but basically they're both kind of lying to each other, but they are re they're kind of playing this role of like, I'm helping you with this in the house. Like they're, I'm letting you know that I appreciate you in this way. I'm letting you know that it's okay if you still need me. And, and like that was kind of a nice moment, and it was well played by those actors. But like that's all we get of that. And the whole point of that is to be like, oh, before you can actually say what you need to say, you go through these little moments. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the only version of that that we got. Yeah, and I don't know, Allie. This. I, it maybe it's just because me. of yeah me too and I don't know if this is again because of where I'm at in my life just like with the big changes and shit that I'm going through right now but I re- like this movie made me really mad and I think like this idea that pervades the film is that you know if you love someone you fight for them and I think that that idea is really great and I think it's true in a lot of ways like if you love someone sometimes you have to fight for them and sometimes you have to fight for your relationship and sometimes fighting doesn't mean like violence or doing something inappropriate it can it can mean taking care of yourself it can mean going to therapy it can mean working on things it can mean putting in certain or different amounts of effort Um, and I don't think that that happened in this film. I think it just made people be persistent in a way that wasn't helpful or growth conducive. Yeah, it it wasn't, no one listened to each other. No, it was people saying what they needed and no one listening. Yes. And it pissed me the fuck off because like, you know what? And this is going to be real sad. So strap in everyone. Sometimes it doesn't work out. 
Sometimes you can love someone with your whole being. And sometimes love is not enough. And that's okay, but it doesn't mean that you have to keep pushing them for something that either they can't give you or that neither of you should be giving each other anymore. And it really just reminded me of the sunk cost fallacy, which is something they talk about all the time on cult podcast in relation to like cults and abusive relationships. And the idea is, is that it's this, you know, fallacious logic that people have when they're in abusive situations or maybe relationships that aren't necessarily good for them or being taken advantage of. And it's the idea that, well, I've already put in X amount of time and effort, so I should just stick with it. And that's not always true. And honestly, I think that these all these people are better off without each other. Yeah, I... Not for me personally in my life, but mm-hmm. like this movie really reminded me of what I'm going through and it made me really upset because I think they were fighting for the wrong things. They should have chosen they should have chosen themselves and they should have chosen to communicate better and learn to take care of themselves and be the best version of themselves. And if that means they come back together and be together, great. And if that means that they end up being cool with each other and going their separate ways romantically, also great. And I really think that would have been a better movie. I I think I agree. I Yeah, I I I agree. I think what was, yeah, I think what was frustrating, it was like, love is, this movie really put out a thing of like, love is, not giving up on a relationship is just pursuing someone over and over and over again. And that's not what it is. It's love is like, love is an action. And sometimes relationships change, whatever, it just bugged me. I will say. Yeah, no, you're right. Sometimes relationships uh, do change and sometimes you have to let someone go. and, And sometimes like, it just changes in a way where it's like, oh, we're still within each other's lives, but in a different way. Like, sometimes... And then that's okay. Like, it was... I think what was frustrating is, like, Julianne Moore was like, I have felt really... We haven't felt, like, ourselves in a long time, and they never really get back to that. Um, Nope, not once. And I will say I do feel... I And I know you you disagree because you don't care for the Goss or uh, Emma Stone, apparently. But um, (laughs) I... I did appreciate their dynamic, and that was the only one where I was like, okay, someone changed? She doesn't really, I mean, the closest it comes is she, like, kind of prioritizes something she wanted for herself. She's like, oh, I deserve better than Josh Groban being mean to me. Um, I'm gonna go have sex with this man. Uh, And, like, what's, I actually thought their interaction was sweet and uh, nice and kind of disarming. Um, I actually agree with you. I think that their storyline is the one maybe that makes the better movie from whatever the fuck we watched. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's the only one that shows growth because she challenges him to open up. Yeah. The goss uh, makes a change. Also, I think I heard somewhere that some of the dialogue that they have in that scene where they're like getting to know each other was like partially like improvised, I think. Um, or something. It was like something where it's like a lot of that is kind of just those actors goofing around. I, I'm well, sure. Well, I do written, think that even though yeah. I don't care for either of them necessarily as performers, I think their chemistry is undeniable. Their chemistry is great, um, and uh, I enjoyed watching them. Um, theirs was the only storyline where I was like, I'm okay with this. I enjoy watching this. Um, this is a movie. This is a rom-com. I'm down for this. Um, the Should we talk about... I don't want to spend too much t- time because it was so gross. Or maybe we should spend a good amount of time on it because it pissed oh, yeah. me off. Yeah, okay. it really this was the most. Too. This was the most upsetting. This Because like, the two storylines that kind of overlap. And again, I don't think this is anything wrong with either of these actors. Um, I don't know the name of the actor who plays the young son. Uh, Leo Tipton plays the babysitter. They are, um, I think they're great in this. Um, But I do think that this storyline was very gross and also seemed to not understand, like, hey, this is a problem. Because basically what happens is their young son has a crush, their 13-year-old son has a crush on the babysitter. He's always like, what's her name? Ashley or Jessica? Something stupid. Actually, that's not nice. She just has a regular, regular name. Becca? Is it Becca? I don't know. It's 
it's quintessential white girl and she's it's, it's very like what's your babysitter's name yeah. um and he's always like i love you i'm in love with you i'm in love with you. and she's always like stop no please stop you have to stop this and he doesn't listen and his own father is like don't give up but um, also when he tells his dad that he's in love with someone his dad doesn't ask any questions for more information because i'm pretty sure no if his son was like I'm in love with the babysitter. His dad would have been like, okay, bud, maybe we'll pursue someone else who's more age yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what happens is the son, uh, after she's like, stop this, he makes a big speech at his eighth grade graduation where he's like, love is not real. Love is dead. And then Steve Carell gets up and he's like, no, my son is wrong because love is real. And he's kind of talking to Julianne Moore. Ugh. And I, I just kept picturing everyone in like all the other kids' parents being like, we don't know you. Like what is going <laughs> on? This has nothing yeah. to do with us. Ugh, I'm yeah. trying to see my kids fucking graduate the eighth grade. Okay. Um, that does not happen. I think that would have been a funny little aside of just cutting to someone being like, who are these people? Um, yeah, I agree. But uh, part of that is that the babysitter has a crush on Steve Carell. Um, yeah, big and this crush. was the part that, yeah. like, I think this film handled it in the worst way. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll this this material is probably going to be triggering for some people. So like, we'll put stamps in, in the description. Yeah. Because fuck this. I, yeah. this part, this whole section really made me mad. It upset me. It, um, cause what happens if she, uh, it's disgusting. The, it's, it's disgusting. It's handled so poorly. And it's also such a sensitive topic that both of us are really passionate about. Um, but the, the gist is, is that babysitter is, like, talking to her friend at school or, like, some girl. And she's like, how do you get older guys to like you? And the girl basically is like, send them nude pictures of yourself. This, so, yeah, and this movie kind of weirdly, not weirdly, but, like, the movie, like, slut shames this, like, teen girl. And the idea is, like, oh, she's this old, she's this, like, cool girl bitch who likes to, like, like I, I send older guys photos of myself all the time, and it's like, no, we should explore that. Yeah, we and what's be going doing on that. that's, there? That's dangerous and, for you. And the movie really frames it as like, this is a problem with this girl, and not like, yeah, hey, saying that this the young girl is, for, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, hey, this young girl is being taken advantage of by someone. And we're not going into that. No, and it's completely so, glossed over. So yeah. the babysitter goes home, takes, you know, sexy nude photos of herself, prints one out and puts it in an envelope with Steve Carell's character. His name's Cal with Cal's name on it. And she like hides it in one of her drawers. Mm -hmm. And so then her mom finds it, freaks out, shows her dad who freaks out and he goes to beat the shit out of Steve Carell. And, like, nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever no. has, like, a moment with this teenage girl where they're, where, like, she never tells anyone that she has a crush on him. And Until also, like, her dad goes and goes to beat up Steve Carell. And when she right. says, like, daddy, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. Which I'm, is. She, the way she phrases it, she goes, she does, he doesn't know I'm in love with him. And then the boy here, little boy hears that and is, like, heartbroken over that and mad at his dad. Yeah, um, which is like a whole other thing to address but like it was just handled so poorly because mm -hmm. like um like even though steve carell didn't do anything with her like even with her her friend that we were who was slut shamed mm -hmm. like if you receive messages from an underage child you should yeah. not engage with that yeah, ever no. because they are a child and it's yeah. your responsibility as an adult to not deal with that stuff yeah like you should not you should not engage with a child if they're sending you material like that. Maybe you should talk to their parents about it. Yeah. it It's upsetting. And, like, the p pictures don't even get to him. Um, no, but it was event. just but what's, such what's a worse, mess. It was a mess. What's worse, what's worse... Even is, worse. Even worse is at the, like, eighth grade graduation that the babysitter is at for some reason with her parents. Um the kid is like i love you jessica i think her name is jessica in the movie but he's like i love you and what she says is in about four years give me a call until then this will tide you over 
and she gives him the naked photos of herself. And, and then, then kisses, kisses him, on, him the on the lips. No, on the cheek. No, she kissed his lips, I thought. No, it was on the cheek, but it was still gross. Yeah, honestly, like, it that, was still disgusting. that's another age difference that's like, listen, the older you get, age is just a number. But when you're both minors, and I think anyone listening to this would probably yeah. agree, like, as you get older, age differences don't matter because the levels of maturity that you have are mm-hmm. kind of evened out pretty much from 25 going forward, I would say. But, like, a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old, no fucking... No, no that's a no. huge gap in development. It's yeah. really horrifying. It's uh, anyway, we hated that a lot. Um, it was really upsetting. We were both we put we uh, just screaming no the entire no, no, time. No, 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 no. It was really I did not like it and it it I hated it. Um And you know what would have been a, a better version of that is if they were they, talking and she's like, "Hey, she doesn't give him the nude photos." Mm-hmm. Um but she says like, "Hey, you know like I care about you. I babysat you for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. in four years, say hey to me because I'm going to college next year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what would have been nice is if, like, he had maybe, like, a friend who was his age. And then maybe, like, he starts talking to that friend. And, like, the, it's implied, like, oh, he's going to, you know, like, ask a thir- another 13-year-old on a date. Yeah. Like, or, like, a much nicer version. If at any point. Yes, sorry to interrupt me, but yes. But, or, like, if at any point this child learned the lesson of, like, this person has told you no, you need to respect that. Yeah. This isn't a grand romantic gesture if someone repeatedly tells you, I don't want this, and you don't listen. I agree. And that's a trope that I don't think that we've seen with the movies we've, we've discussed so far. But mm-hmm. it's this trope that women will say no because it's part of a game and you have yeah. to go get them. When yeah. really, um, if no matter what their gender is, if someone tells you no, leave. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if you ask someone on a date and they say no thanks, you're shit out of luck, bud. There's yeah. plenty of fish in the sea. The world's overpopulated. You're going to find somebody. Someone's going to say yes. Also, I, and then we have talked about this on, an, I think, another podcast where it's like, whatever we've already talked about this on another episode i think but just i don't like the idea that it's like uh that's also a patriarchal thing of like men have to chase and women have to play a game because if they were to actually ask for what they need or state what they need that would be too aggressive Um, right and that's where slut shaming comes into play as well with patriarchy and toxic masculinity because god forbid a woman says what she wants and is assertive about sex and romance and the things that she wants because that makes her less feminine or less ladylike and that's just a load of crap yeah also we're talking about um hetero relationships in this instance um yeah, yeah. Uh, there's it's, it's different this whole movie is stuff. like this whole movie is very hetero it's like 500 percent hetero it's the most hetero it's your aunt's favorite movie um <laughs> Sorry, you're a straight aunt. I should be clear. I should be clear. There are people. Yeah, not aunts. your cool queer aunt. I'm forge. I don't have queer aunts. I don't uh, think I. But I love the aunts either. I have. Anyway, um. My aunts are all right. What I, uh, uh Melanie, I have a question for you. Was this movie romantic? No, no, this yeah. movie was not romantic. In fact, this movie made me angry. Did you think it was romantic? No, I think okay. I think I I think I did enjoy some of the stuff with Goss and Emma Stone. I thought they had a nice thing, but I um overall I didn't. I our typical criteria for if something is romantic is do were we rooting for the characters to get together? And as you can tell by our conversation, not really. For, not really. Um, yeah. Uh, was it sexy? No, no. Ugh. Ugh. No. I, I felt like occasionally some of the moments with Goss and the and Stone were um, a little like something, but I it was more just like, oh, they're, they, these two have good chemistry. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, this movie missed all of the marks. It did not tick any of the boxes. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, um, I don't know that I'd recommend this. I think this movie relies very heavily on, I know I've said this like 800 times in this episode, 
but it, the movie relies very heavily on its very good cast. This cast is breathing life into this that I don't know that is necessarily there in. Mm-hmm. And the can you imagine how good of a of a movie this would have been if the script were better? Oh my god, it would have been it would have been the, the movie of a lifetime. Um, I think there were I, mean, I don't know were there any moments that you enjoyed at all in this film? Um, honestly, I don't remember, so I'm gonna say no. How about okay. you? Um, occasion there are certain moments in the like makeup because they love a makeover montage. Um, occasional moments in the makeover where Goss is. Although I, I upon rewatching it, because I'd only seen this movie once. Upon rewatching it, I was like, oh, I don't think I like this as much. Um, but I, I, I did kind of liked when Goss would s- slap um. Uh, Steve Carell in the face. I thought that was like kind of. I think they had an interesting dynamic in some ways. Um, oh, I know what I did like. There is a se- a scene where um, Goss says, uh, "Give me your credit card," and Steve Carell opens a Velcro wallet. You, like you just hear the Velcro, and the look on Gosling's face. It's as if he is like pulled out like a dead animal. <laughs> like <laughs> I have no memory like, of that. Uh, it's like a ugh. Um, and I did think that was funny. Um, Velcro but... wallets are practical. Okay. Hitting the nerve. I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't, overall I was like, oh, it, it, it felt kind of like a little bit of a bummer. Cause it was like, oh, I thought I, I thought I really liked this movie. And then it was like, oh, this movie makes me mad. Cause again, as our loyal listener, Amy said, no one learns anything. No one learns anything. Like, the actual lesson that Steve Carell should learn, as we've said, is, like, you should and deserve to take care of yourself, and that will filter over into your marriage. And Julianne Moore should, A, have more to do and, like, be allowed to be like, hey, I need to ask you for, like, time for myself and to take care of myself. Like, there's a whole scene where she's like, I told you I was working late, and I went and saw Twilight by myself. Like, clearly what they both need to do is kind of reestablish some boundaries or like personal time for themselves or and go to help. couples counseling and they don't we, and they don't and you know what's weird is that we've done two other movies on this podcast with garbage couples who go to couples counseling yeah oh my god we have yeah Sex in the City, Miranda and Steve, they went to couples counseling. Barf, hate both of them. I, and, I didn't and, hate that for them. I thought I thought that was good for them. Well, I mean, in terms of, like, should you do this if you're struggling to keep your relationship together? Yeah, absolutely. Therapy's yeah. a great option, but I just don't care for either of those characters. Um, and then even in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, even though it's, like, a fake therapy session, like, their relationship's not working, and they go to therapy together because yeah. – he because McConaughey wants to make it work with her. Yeah. Like I just I think it it's just... wild that we fully recommended How to Lose a Guy and we are not I don't think we're recommending this movie. Oh no, this is a big fart for me. Don't this, watch this movie. Th- I think you'll never get that time back. I here's what I cuz I feel like I've been I feel like we've both been doing this with movies recently, but it's like I would recommend maybe watching other stuff with these actors. Um, yeah. Julianne Moore can do, uh, I would say almost no wrong. I, I love Julianne Moore. I would watch I, almost anything else with Julianne Moore. Yeah. Because uh, when she's given stuff that's on her level, fuck, she fucking delivers. Um, and Steve uh, Carell, too. Steve Carell is phenomenal. I, I love Steve Carell. If you want to watch something romantic with Steve Carell, watch his, like, I don't think it's his... I mean, you can't watch his last episode. It, it's his, like, penultimate episode of The Office, the one where he proposes to Holly. Watch that. Um, uh, I you know what I haven't seen in a long time. Was Dan in real life good? Or were we just, like... It, it, was it 2007? Um, I'm torn because... I love Juliette Binoche... Uh, don't really care for Dane Cook. <gasps> I forgot that Dane Cook was in that movie. You want to hear something really sad? Yeah. He and I have the same birthday. Oh. Well, it's not as bad as having the same birthday as Hitler. <laughs> so there's a silver lining there. That is true. <laughs> you know, okay, here's something that I just, that just occurred to me. You said that this was written by the same guy who did This Is Us, right? Yeah. 
Right. Okay. Um, I've tried to get into that show, and I can't fucking do it. And yeah. now that I'm putting, uh, connecting some of the dots, this it makes sense to me that this movie is a bag of crap, and here's why. Um, specifically on This Is Us, the way that Chrissy Metz's character is handled and how fatness is handled. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible. Her, yeah. The whole arc with her character is about losing weight. It's mm-hmm. not... You know, finding someone who loves her for who she is. It's not learning to be okay with herself and loving her body and acknowledging that, like, it's okay to want something different, but you can also love yourself while you're working to be healthy and feel good in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, um, as a fat woman navigating the world, dealing with those issues, like, I'm really fucking tired of seeing fat women having their characters being like, oh, I have to lose weight. Or mm-hmm. having fatness be the only thing about them. Yeah. And, and thinking about that, it really doesn't surprise me that this movie doesn't go into any kind of depth with any of the characters. I agree. I agree. Um, I think it's just... Sorry, I just want to say I agree and um, you're correct. Like, I... Because I'm also... I don't want to... I'm not a fat woman, so I'm not about to be like... I I also have something to say. As someone who's not part of this community, I feel like my voice should also be heard. Um, sorry, because I just, hate that. It's being but that is something that's body. But yeah, you also but it's are like you're very tall, so in some ways you but, also are marginalized. But, but also, of your it's body. The, thank. That's very sweet of you to say. It. And I I have them, but it's not the same way that like the way fat people in general and fat women are treated, are uh, in. Particularly in this country is horrifying. Oh and, no! Like for something the, I've the... noticed, like what's really frustrating, like just uh, from an outside perspective, that I will say we can totally cut this, because um, like we don't need to hear my thing. But I, it's just something I've noticed is that almost every time a fat woman is in a movie, the whole crux of her storyline and a lot of times whatever issues are in her relationship or lack thereof are that she it's because she is fat. Every fat woman I know who is in a relationship the issue is never I am fat no and that's never the problem yeah and like listen eating disorders exist no matter what your body looks like and like I think it would be more compelling if you had a film or a show about a fat woman um where if her fatness is part of the issues in her relationship maybe it's because she has something that she's battling because a, like, there it could, are a lot of different reasons why people's bodies look the way they look. And a lot of people struggle with eating disorders and disordered eating. And it's really a scary thing to go through. I'm not saying, like, every film about a fat woman should revolve around that. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, if you're going to revolve it around somebody's body, maybe talk about an actual issue. Yeah, I uh, Shrill is very good. I've heard My Mad Fat Diary is also very good. Um, because both of those are... Um, they're funny but like i think they address the whatever i guess body related issues that these women deal with but also in terms but in terms of like how those might relate to like larger issues in there like it's the storyline isn't did you know this woman is fat it's like okay this woman is like there's so many aspects they they're full characters is basically what i'm saying yeah it's not just like this their fatness doesn't define them yeah um and Um, like it's listen it's an undeniable part of who a lot of people are but also it's not the only thing about us um and i will say too like in navigating my body and like the specific issues that i have because like i've been told by so many people that I'm a thin person trapped in a fat person's body. Ew! Be- because I eat healthy. I exercise regularly. I used to do pretty intensive sports. Like, it's oh. it's this idea that, like, because of my body, I'm, like, slovenly and disgusting. Yeah, also, and there's I hope hate, at any... I hate that. Because yeah. anyone who knows me knows that's the opposite of who I am. I'm extremely type A. And um, also, I will say, too, like, for the first time... In my life, like, I'm almost 30, and for the first time in my life this year, I, by complete chance, found a primary care provider, a doctor, who actually took me seriously for the things that I was visiting them for. And you want to fucking know why? Because they're trans. They live in a marginalized body, too. So when I tell them a concern, they're actually going to listen to my concern. They're not, like, they know what it's like to feel weird in your own body, And so, like, I really just appreciate her so much for, like, 
the just listening just listening because mm-hmm. i can't tell you how many times i've gone to the doctor for something stupid like like if i fall and like sprain my ankle or if i have strep throat or a migraine and they're like oh well are you eating and exer- eating well and exercising regularly i'm like i don't really see what that has to do with strep yeah. but yes yes is is going to the gym going to cure the virus <laughs> like hello yeah. Yeah, I would say also, also like you can be healthy at any like, as someone who is in like a pretty thin body, people make assumptions about what I like. You can be very thin and not healthy. Also, health is not a determination of your value as a person. No, or and your worth is as not a person. A determination of health. What not? They're un, They're frankly unrelated. And sorry, I do want to say that not every trans person has body uh, uh, feels un at home that they're in their body but i think that's a good point i I did want to make that point but also i do think that i'm sure that this trans person is used to being dismissed by the medical community and by people in general when they're like hey i have this concern or i need to deal with this medical issue um they i'm sure they're used to being dismissed and not listened to so sorry i did want to validate what you said but i did want to point that out i'm glad that you said that because i think that actually says more what i was trying to say it's just the fact that like i think oftentimes people who live in marginalized bodies and who feel marginalized in their bodies will take other people in marginalized bodies a little bit more seriously yeah it's part of uh, a thing of why and I know now this is, like, getting into a race thing. And also, like, how much... I love that we started with Crazy Stupid Love, and now we're, like... The American healthcare system is evil and broken. Um, uh, what, what do you mean? Oh, wow. Uh, but Co- that's By part the way, I got a quote for Cobra for leaving my job. $700 a month. Wow. This is a broken system. It's a broken system. Um, or it, it's working exactly how it's supposed to, and it's evil. Um, which I think both can be true. I mean, yeah, two um, sides of the coin. The I same think, coin. Um... Uh, but uh, sorry, but something whatever. We don't need to. Never mind. Sorry. I was no, let's do it. Let's tangent. get spicy. Tell me. But basically, uh, black women are like much more likely. The the way they say, um, I someone once said, and I'm I'm I, I think I may be quoting, but I'm quoting a um, like black women have been saying this forever. But basically, the way like cops are to black men. I mean, cops are this way to everybody, but like not everybody, but all black people but uh, cops are to black men what doctors are doctors are to black women what cops are to black men yes um, and it's astounding and the research has been done that's why there are so many complications for pregnant black women because doctors don't take them seriously yes and they've noticed that like if your doctor is a black woman they're more likely to listen to their patients they're more likely to catch something that other doctors won't because people don't listen um the black people in general are given less pain medication um uh than white patients mm-hmm. um like just an example like okay both beyonce and serena williams um dealt with pretty severe like blood clots in their pregnancies that well after giving birth or around the time of their birth of giving birth and they were able to like get some kind of medical care but like it was still very touchy and they both had uh moments in their sort of birth stories where they were frankly scared for their lives and something very bad could have happened but they those are two of the most successful powerful uh women in general in the world in the country but specifically like black women and even they were kind of being dismissed by their medical providers. Yeah, so I, I think that it's, shows it's a larger up. issue. And um, like, yeah. listen, we could talk forever on what's wrong with the system and how we would want to fix it, but like the fact remains that like marginalized bodies, regardless of size, gender, or color, deal with this shit all the time in different ways. Because the American healthcare system is terrible. Yeah. Um, oh my god. It just, I feel. <laughs> and uh, this movie was just a big old bag of dicks, and I hated it. Uh, Melanie, do you want to do fuck Mary Kill? I just kill them all. No, I'm um, kidding. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll. I'll okay. Play. Um. Uh. Yeah, there were really only like three dudes. I would. Um. Hmm. 
Okay, st- uh, Steve Carell, um, Ryan Gosling, uh, Josh Groban. Oh no! Why wait, would you? Wait, should I replace Josh? Wait, 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 wait! No, baby. no, no, no! Okay. I, I'm, 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 I'm up for the challenge. Uh, okay, because I have a sub for one of them. No, it's okay. I'll, I'll, I accept your challenge, Tanzillo. Okay. Um, as they're characters or as themselves um yeah because it probably would be different as themselves i i guess let's go characters the problem is everyone in this movie is very toxic yeah honestly if we're dealing with characters i'd probably kill josh groban Marry Steve Carell and fuck Ryan Gosling. That might be the play. Yeah. Um, if it's yeah. The, if it's them as people, though, I would kill Gosling, fuck Groban, and marry Steve Carell. Oh, I would kill Groban. I'd marry Gosling, and I. You know what? Maybe I'd make love with Steve Carell. Wow. No, I you. don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Why? Can I ask why? I think because all of a sudden I was like. Uh, he gave off like kind of a fatherly vibe for a second. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Oh, that's I, fair. I don't, I don't want that energy. Yeah. In the bedroom, I think it's because I think it's like that thing when you watch, like when you watch, the, the, like I'm able to see him as other characters, but I, there's okay. For example, um, I watched the I watched a lot of The Office, particularly in high school, and also when it was on, um. And I was like, I think I got like a crush on John Krasinski. And then I saw a movie where he had sex with someone and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> it felt like I was watching my friend have sex. Ew, I and, get that. I and get that's that. kind of a similar thing with Steve Carell. It's like watching your like fun uncle hook up with someone. And it's like, I'm not supposed to see that. I don't want to see this. I don't need to see this. This is none of my business. That's I, really interesting yeah. that that how someone can be defined by a role that they play so much. And, and I think even, that Steve yeah. Carell's a really good example of that. And it's like not even like cuz I see him in other stuff and I think he's great. I think it's more like the residual. It's almost like I see Steve Carell the actor as like a nice like someone's it, it's like you know what it is it's like he's the dad of someone i would babysit you know mm-hmm. except instead of like gotta send him a nude pic of myself it's like oh i don't want him to know that like i did poorly in this class today you know what i mean <laughs> like, oh yeah like yeah. i used to babysit all the time in high school um and they lived across the park from me and so um because they were nice people and they didn't want me to walk home alone either the mom or the dad would like drive me home and they were super nice and he would be like oh how's school going like so grateful that you could babysit my kids like really glad school's going well for you well here's the door bye like that's how it should be that's how it should be um and the reason why i said the nude picture is because i'm referencing the movie i didn't want to be like you know how we all do yeah you Um, know how we all try to fuck the dads of the kids we babysit which is really upsetting. Also, I, I don't like that narrative of, like, it's the young girl. It's like, yeah. no, it's the old adult man who didn't recognize that this was a dangerous situation. Yeah. Like, for yeah. that child, specifically. Yeah. Oh, um, you know what else that yeah. we didn't bring up that I kind of... that bo- Another thing about this movie that bothered me what? is how Steve Carell... How they... They keep getting their kids involved in the divorce and their relationship when, yeah. like... First, like, if you're... A married couple regardless of gender if you're a couple and you have kids and your relationship is going through a hard time the last thing you should do is drag your kids into the middle of it because guess what they're kids they don't understand they just want to know that you still fucking love them like this was this was a lot for me i did not care for this movie i also um i don't like uh I didn't. I didn't care for this movie. I feel like I would recommend other films starring these people. Um, watch other stuff. I would stuff even with recommend Tinkerel. Dan in real life over this, and that and wasn't I, a very good movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it since I was probably like sixteen. Um, I would recommend almost any Julianne Moore movie over this. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Also, you can just and, like and, just yeah. go on YouTube and be like Julianne Moore crying, and bitch, she will serve, serve. Um, yeah, and even uh, like Kevin Bacon too. Anything, anything, uh, Kevin Bacon. Watch Footloose, bitch. Oh, I was gonna say Friday the Thirteenth, but yeah, okay. Footloose is good too. Wow, that's the difference between us. I'm like, yeah. watch the one. <laughs> We're thinking of like a young, hot Kevin Bacon. You go Kenny Loggins. I go murder. Looking into your eyes, I know I'm right. That's truly <laughs> one of my favorite songs in the world. Um, uh, For Goss, I mean, honestly, I would recommend The Notebook over this. And The Notebook is, we'll get to The Notebook. Oh, my God. Um, Both of us have such strong opinions on The Notebook. Um, Ooh, I, I uh, Emma Stone. I would uh, watch other stuff. She's, in. she's even super bad is better than this. I, I liked. I did. I like some. There is stuff in Superbad that I still think is very funny, but there's also lots of stuff in Superbad where I'm like, oh, but, but, but I don't like that these boys are mean to each other. Um, yeah, it was back in the era when using the R word as an insult was okay. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of stuff going on. I. Um, I feel like there's something in that movie that still made me laugh. Superbad had moments, but... Oh, I remember, okay, I will say a line that I still think is funny. Because I think it shows, like, what a... It shows, like, a dick, what a dick, like, uh, the Seth character is. And also, like, this is how... It, it did feel like, oh, this is how teenagers talk to each other. And it's it's PE, and one of them goes, "Hey Greg, why don't you go piss your pants again?" He goes, "That was like eight years ago, asshole." <laughs> People don't forget that shit is funny. Um, that is funny. Um, sorry, we watched that. Just watch other stuff with these actors. Yeah. Watch please. Drive. Watch yeah. Drive. That's more that romantic. Yeah, That's romantic. Even- that's I didn't what even I like want. that movie, and you should see Drive instead of Crazy Stupid Kiss Life. me on my mouth and then stomp a guy in the head. <laughs> I mean, spoiler for Drive. Spoiler for a 10-year-old movie. Um, <laughs> Oscar Isaac is in that movie. Oh, really? <gasps> yeah. He's her husband. Oh. I watched... See, here's the thing. There's Did you couple- not... Oh, are you fucking like, I hated that movie, and you didn't even fucking watch it? No, I watched it, but what I'm going to (laughs) say, how dare you? Um, No, it's it's from a time where I was living in Italy. So like a lot of the movies that I watched were in Italian. Got Um, it. So like even though there's like not a lot of dialogue in Drive, like you could you could there could be no dialogue in Drive and it would be the same movie to me. I think it's intentionally like kind of filmed that way. It feels like a note particularly for the goss but for everyone in that movie was like after the last person after that person says their line take a do like a five count in your head before you even start to think about responding right but not one two three four five do one mississippi Mississippi. three it m-i-s-s-i-p-p-i-s-s-i-n-g i-n-g <laughs> That's a bit from Parks and Rec, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh it no, sorry. it's not that. It's K I S S I S S I P P I. Yeah. Okay. I did it the other way around. Wow. Wow. Just anything to think about anything other than crazy stupid love. Um, we didn't love this movie, but um, if you did, you know what? Let us know. Uh, send us a message, like a DM on. Instagram at HellNoCast. Um, you're welcome to hit up our Twitter. We, to be honest, we don't really, post a lot. But we really don't. We kind of let that go. Oh, uh, shout out to Tipper who's still on paternity leave. I'm Yay, sure Tipper. he's. I'm be, sure he's. Be real glad. Be real glad that uh, you're not in on this uh, one, Tiff. Real glad you missed out on that. Keep watching. Yeah. He, you and Gab need to just keep watching The Office, babe. Don't you don't need to honor Steve Carell by doing this. You no, know? don't. Don't your um, time is so precious now that you have a baby. The bebe. Don't waste it on this movie. The bebe. Um, don't do that. Um, but yeah, also like listen, hit us up on the social medias and we will absolutely not shame you for your opinion. This is a safe no. space for yeah. discourse about film. 
Uh, and okay. also, if you like what you heard or you thought we had some hot-ass takes, definitely tell your friends about us. Uh, leave us a like or a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify, because that also really helps us boost our ratings and get the word out there. All right. Well, I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Thank you so much for tuning in to You Had Me at Hell No. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell No was recorded remotely at our homes in front of our pets, Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I would like to say congratulations to Tiffer on the birth of his daughter, as well as a big thank you to Lucille Petty and Bella Vanek for writing our theme song. Thank you, Bella and Lucille. 